Hi, guys. Welcome back to Headcase. This is basically our first official episode, and I'm welcoming a very special guest who happens to be one of my best friends in this entire world, Sophie Bickley. <laughs> hey, guys. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Steph. Of course, anytime. Um, you guys might know her from her blog that she has with her sister. Yes. It's called Yin to My Yang. Follow it on Instagram. Yep. Follow us on Instagram. It's at Yin. And to the number, my Yang. And it's with my sister Charlotte, who's another amazing. good friend of Seth. Right. They're both like my sisters. Mm-hmm. So a little background. Sophie and I went to high school together and um, basically have been super close ever since and kind of have like watched each other grow up and totally. um, gone through a lot together in a lot of ways. And that's basically why I wanted to have her on to share her experience with um, anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and all of these things that she has more recently in the past couple years been struggling with. And um, I'll let her give you a little background on how that kind of unfolded for her. Yeah. So um, thank you, Steph, for that intro. (laughs) That was a really good intro um, on me. Um, I'm really happy to be speaking on this podcast on this subject in in a time where I think it's it's so relevant um, and new. Uh, For me, and I've learned this through therapy and other things, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to really see my... So yeah, like Steph said, more recently, I I kind of, in air quotes, say when once I entered the real world, my anxiety hit me stronger. Um, and recently, I've been able to understand that 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 comes along with some of the things that the real worlds uh, you kind of have to do for yourself. Like a major thing for me is accountability. Like I'm really good when like a teacher needs me to hand in a paper and I can do that fine and I can manage those expectations. And that's why I think I thrived in college and didn't struggle with these things as as much in college or high school or anything. But when there's not that structure or that deadline or that person that is going to hold me to that standard. Right. And you're not getting graded. Right. Like, and I always want to be held to a high standard and reach that standard. So if it's there, I, I find that it's easy for me to be able to get there. But if I don't have the standard there, which in the real world, I mean, you could have a boss, uh, a nine to five job, and this is kind of where my um, line of work comes into play. But in something like, and I did have, a, I did, I did have a nine to five job for a little while, and um, yeah, and you were thriving. Yeah, in it and, and I was, everything. I was thriving in it, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, which caused anxiety, and that's from my anxiety just started to develop from there because I was just like, okay. The unknown is a huge thing with my anxiety, and right. which, which which we all have anxiety from. It's just the level or degree you let it affect you, and also the level or degree that um, you feel it on. And I also I also want to point out that I think it's a beautiful thing to right. have anxiety, uh, where it can be crippling at sometimes. It's also it's what it's what I've as I've learned about anxiety more and more, and what it is, and uh, the types of people that experience it. Which like anyone from like from any demographic from any like class anyone can experience this um and it's just been really interesting to see 
kind of the different ways and uh, like anxiety can also help you yeah, and make you, you yeah motivate you to be a better person and the and like I was saying I used to I I thrived in college because I was like getting good grades and handing in papers on time came easily to me and right. I think that without anxiety I wouldn't maybe have been that person who who put so much pressure on grades or whatever right. so You're there probably is like beauty. high functioning at exactly. that point sort of. so like I kind of what can now look back in retrospect and be like, oh, okay, like there were like signs of anxiety before I entered the quote unquote real world. Right. And then, I mean, so yeah, I have a blog with my sister um, and it's amazing. We get to make our own schedules and there's so many pros to it. And people would look at me and say, there's no reason she should have anxiety. There's no reason she should suffer from these things. And I know that there's people out there who are going to say that and think that. But um, I mean, first of all, social media we could I could talk about this all day, but I know same. yes it it, it uh, uh, creates a lot of anxiety in general just and I I, did, I kind of didn't even know this when I started a, the blog Instagram wasn't even as big when we started the blog which was in April 2015 um, or sorry 16 and um, uh, so it just it, that the whole social media thing is interesting and then also just I want people to know this that when you see something on social media, it's usually like the most perfect um, product that the person can find to put up there. And right. that's not always the reality behind the scenes, which my sister and I try to show as much behind the scenes as we can. Right. But it's not always glitz and glam. There are hard days for everyone. And I think that everyone has – I like to look at it as good and bad days and kind of more black and white now because everyone has good and bad days. It's just the degree that you let it affect you that I think some people differ and also just mentally like how much you emphasize certain things or right yeah and so sorry I'm kind of talking about a lot of different topics no it makes once. sense yeah I mean, but social media is like a tailored a perfectly tailored place it's to a curated, put content yeah. out and that's what as influencers we uh, our job is to also is to portray that but also to be ourselves right. and not to lie to our followers so i think and i i, I think that we do do a good job of doing you that you definitely do but a yeah, good job back, you show yourself your true self and your stories yeah and we try to to the to the most that we can but back to the structure of of kind of not having that maybe like 9 to 5 conventional job if you will right it 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 did bring anxiety for me just because I all of a sudden it was on my shoulders to figure out where the bar was, my shoulders to like kind of go into this uncharted territory with my sister, of course. But she's kind of not as doesn't doesn't isn't as hard on herself as she's maybe more I am. Unfazed, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she just uh, is way. She's very, very confident about herself, and I'm very confident too. But I also am just like sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's never good enough, and she doesn't question herself, as right? Much, I would say. Yeah, and yeah. for for good reason. Like she shouldn't be questioning herself, and maybe I shouldn't be questioning myself either. But sometimes I do, and I've learned that that's just a lot of where the struggle is, and I put it a lot of times on myself, which is right. which is so silly because it's like I'm kind of forcing myself to struggle in a way where I should just live in – I always try to live in the moment Right. It's so easy to look to the future and be like, well, I have all this – I have all of this stuff I have to do mm-hmm. and, like, this minefield of things to get through in order to succeed in whatever it is you want to do, especially you being – you guys starting a blog. Right. Which I commend you on especially because you started it at a time when blogs were already kind of – prominent and there were already these big influencers because 
2009 is really when they kind of yeah. took off. And mm-hmm. um, you guys have succeeded so much and you've been doing such great things. And I know that at this point it's probably a little bit more comfortable, but the I could imagine the anxiety was like super real when you were sort of still just building that following and not as – I mean, I'm not you still get people who are going to hate and whatever, but – not at you have like a solid fan base now yeah and to speak to that it's kind of funny because i i wonder if if my exact because i was very anxious when we first started the blog just because i wanted it to be and now i can confidently say like that if it were to end tomorrow or whatever for whatever reason i would be proud of what it was and i wanted to get to that point so badly i didn't want to fail um and Failure is not a bad thing by any means, and I'm learning that, and that it's important to fail more than anything because right. you got to face that fear of, of failure in order to keep succeeding. Totally. But um, my anxiety was so real when I when I first left my nine to five job and was kind of just like thrown into a non structure, like you figure it out thing, and. And now I look back and I'm like, well, did my like severe anxiety drive us? Did it help us succeed now? Because I am today can say that I'm proud of what we had created. And I do sometimes look and and like, okay, wow, like this was nothing. And we made it something right. out of just us, which is weird. And I don't it always. It is crazy. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, my gosh, you're killing it. Oh, my gosh, this, this, this. And I realized, thank you, th- thank you to my therapist, that I have something called the imposter syndrome where I kind of just feel a disconnect to whatever whenever someone compliments me and where I should just take the compliment and my sister can take the compliment, like, no problem, and I should just own it. I'm Instead, I'm, like, in my head, like, take it. I take it, but I'm also, like, I, that. that's not true. You know, I have the some exact way. same thing. Yeah, it's really – and she – I had never heard of that um, syndrome until she pointed it out to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely do it's that. It's like you kind of always think you're in the wrong body, the wrong place, and you sort of – don't really it's almost like you know who you are but you don't really because you are doing these things that you almost feel like you're supposed to be doing but you're really not sure if it's right. what you want to be doing and exactly and it's just like i think it's just it's just life in general right and because of of how aware we are about anxiety now we are able to label these things more than right maybe our parents were or totally. other people are and um and especially, like, I minored in psychology. So I, like, think I have, like, I just, I, I think back to that and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I suffer from all these things. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe if I didn't have the knowledge about all the things that there were to, there were with anxiety, I would um, be, be less obsessed about it. Yeah, like, I, think I, I think I obsess about my anxiety kind of to an unhealthy degree sometimes. And Totally. It's I mean, fault. it is yeah. like a, it is interesting like how if you, right, yeah. it is, totally. If you think it's with all sort of mental illnesses that aren't especially diagnosed by a professional, you kind of think like, oh, I have this because other people have it. Mm -hmm. And then you become like obsessed and kind of put the blame on that Mm -hmm. instead of taking responsibility for other things. Exactly. Yeah. But because everyone has anxiety at the end of the day. Totally. Um, It comes in all shapes and sizes and forms and whatever. But I would say like, from my experience, too, after my concussion, I kind of, which I talked about on the last episode, but um, 
I definitely realized I had like a high functioning anxiety. And I know I suffered from before that, like, you know, I suffered from like body yeah. image issues of and course. all of these things that I didn't really ever talk about except with my very close friends and mm-hmm. maybe my mom. But I didn't have a therapist at the time. So I never really brought it up to them until like this year. And it sort of was like very freeing. But right. I also realized after going through all of that anxiety and depression, like I kind of always knew what you were going through when mm-hmm. it was really bad for you. Yeah. But after I went through it, I was like, oh my God, I totally get it. Like it's crippling beyond yeah. words. And mm-hmm. people will look at you and be like, what do you have to complain about? Mm-hmm. Like you you have this amazing life and all right. of these things. And it's almost like you're in this tunnel that you can't really see the light out of. And yeah. Totally. No, no matter what people say, you're not going to yeah. change your mind. Yeah, and um, this, like, period that Steph is referring to is one that I'm I'm happy to say that I'm finally out of it. But I do, again, I, I mean, I have good and bad days. Um, but there was just a period where I felt so much pressure that it was, like, hard for me to to do basic things. And, it, like, that – and I was just like, you know what, this is – and then I finally went and saw a, a psychiatrist and he is amazing and was able to really help me work through these things and I'm doing that now. But it was just to a point where I I knew that it was – it was anxiety leading to depression is what I call it. Totally. Because I wasn't depressed about my life but I was so anxious that I was – having symptoms of that of a depressed person I was in bed and I felt like I couldn't get out even though like I was like I would be writing notes about things I had to do when I should have just been doing them and now I'm it was it was just we it was it was weird and then I I would be watching tv and I uh did some research and hear about this crippling anxiety that people could feel and and I get it like you said it looks there's no reason why I should have it and like read and and sometimes I think, oh, if I did have, like, a structured, like, a more structured thing or, like, I didn't – I wasn't able to make my own schedule, I would be forced to not have it. But – It would I, just probably be I masking it that, at no, the end yeah, of the exactly. Day. I've learned through, like, working with ther- my therapists and and I think finding good therapists, just side note, is really, really important, which it took me a while. But I, I think I've found – mine now but working with them through it and just being super honest with them about it and then you see like okay it is masking it it is something you shouldn't because most a lot of people don't experience that level um and it was just like it was just really and it's it's something you don't really want to talk about too if you feel like people are gonna say like oh they shouldn't be suffering from it right you want to just be like keep it to yourself and just kind of ride the wave but it's but but it's there's just like it's healthy. People can say whatever they want, honestly. At the end of the day, and if you are struggling, you should you should seek help. You should say something. You should speak to your friends, no matter what you think people might say or do. Yeah, because as much as it's like normal to not want to get out of bed one day because you have so much anxiety, it's really not normal. So like getting help right. is the way to go because they could just get worse and start tumbling. And totally. that's sort of what happened to me. Like I wasn't even able to like wake up without crying and I was so miserable. And the only reason no one really knew about that was because I wasn't on social media at all. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to get off of it because we're <laughs> yeah. like, we were really active on it before and everything. Yeah. But, and then it's funny because the minute you're off people are concerned or right and then uh, yeah um, exactly so yeah it's kind of all like a circle I don't know it's a weird cycle but yeah I would say like when I first started going to therapy it was really interesting because when your therapist starts talking to you they kind of dig into your past a little bit Mm -hmm. and most of our friends I would say are 
really privileged and have good family backgrounds, but that's like all from the outside. And even for myself, I was like, well, I didn't have like a bad childhood or any of these things happen. Nothing like seriously traumatic happened to me that definitely have happened to people I know. So I almost was like, do I even need a therapist? Like, is this like I almost felt you feel guilty. You almost feel like selfish for 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 no reason. But everyone has these weird things. And it is sort of like I have the, I've had the same conversations with my therapist about like feeling like an imposter or like mm-hmm. almost feeling like you are living this other life and like mm-hmm. never really f- like f- feeling like the person everyone thinks you are. Right. Um but yeah, it's really interesting and that's why I think everyone should see a therapist because you know for sure yeah and i mean it's hard and i mean it's work it's not like a joke and that's something i've also had to learn because you have to you honestly in my opinion have to be ready to see a therapist if you want if you do suffer from anxiety that badly that you want to do the proper mind things and you want to hear the real truth about yourself exactly and i for a while was just going to a therapist to go to a therapist type thing and was kind of just like talking about your daily right and when i wasn't having a bad day i didn't want to go right and when i was i wanted to go and talk about the problems but really it is the overall picture when when you want to get learn mind mind tricks and tips to help you right. when you're getting anxious. Um, and I've l- already learned so many from mine. Like, I do something called mentalize with everyone. I mean, I do this with my dog. It's hilarious. Very but like, cool. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> mentalization. It, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But this is what I believe my psychologist told me it was it's when basically i could think stuff that you were thinking right now that i didn't look good but really you're like thinking oh this is so interesting what she's saying right like you're thinking something completely different right and i do that about like people on the street like i'm like oh my god that person looks so sad and then i immediately take on the sadness and in reality that person could probably be really happy and i have no idea what they're thinking totally and i do that with like a lot of things. So I'm just like pretty much making stuff up. You basically let other it, people's Yeah, and letting emotions it impact. Well, you. and also making people's emotions up. Like even it's one thing to know that that person's sad and to feel that for them, but I'm literally just like being like, "Oh, that person looked sad from the outside and they might not even be sad." Yeah. Um like my dog I'll be like, "Oh my god, he like thinks I'm an awful person." And I'm like, Okay, no, he he's doesn't. like the happiest dog <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. He's totally fine. So, so it's and it's something <laughs> from that, rags to riches. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that she like, like kind of like. I kept saying sorry to her for right. stupid things and and being like, I know you that I sound like this, and she's like, you don't sound like and, right. And then she was like, you mentalize, and I was like, you, I do. It's like paranoia almost, right? You and just... I and I've been catching myself doing it so much, and it's helped me so much, which right. is why I'm bringing it up because without my therapist, I wouldn't have known about it, and now I'm realizing it because when I do it immediately, whatever that thing that I'm thinking is, I'm usually like, okay, I'm just making it yeah. up. And the anxiety that might have come from thinking that is gone. I mean, it's so common to do that even when you're, like, if you're talking to a friend or, like, someone you're dating or mm-hmm. whatever it is and and they're just sort of 
being off one day or like not mm-hmm. talking to you how they normally do or like they seem like pissed or something yeah. and you you automatically think oh god it's me right like but it's something I did never you. Yeah. right it's usually just something going on in their own life totally and it might just be like right the wearing on them and yeah. coming out the wrong way but yeah. it's I totally I'm really self-centered through all of this that yeah. everyone's thinking about me in the whole world <laughs> we're all narcissistic <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so like tips like that, I think, and when, when little things like that bother you, which a lot of people, they don't, but for anxious people like us, they do. And when little things like that do affect how you like think throughout the day, it's great to have someone who can kind of like put you in check and and just be like, you're overthinking this completely. Like, stop. And then it, it really helps. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I've come to know, like, I, you can kind of pick up especially because we've known each other for so long and our friends have been we come from like a very core group of girlfriends who have known each other forever and so we kind of pick up like I can kind of pick up the way people text of our friend group and I'm just like I never take offense to it at this point but when another Mm -hmm. person comes into play and they like kind of change the way they talk to me or something and I'm I almost get like anxious and then over over talk and I'm like trying to make up for whatever it is I might have done which is probably nothing but exactly it's like a weird insecurity that comes out yeah and it's just like funny too because it's all it just like is it relates back to to, I think like technology because like with the texting like if I I sometimes feel like I'm not coming off the way I want to on text right so I'm like let me call you because like I feel like I'm coming off a certain way just because it's hard sometimes to text. So I totally get what you're saying. And then I see the other side too. And I think it's just this like communication. And we're all so right. People get in the same time. serious fights and yeah. relationships and over text over, and like the never thing. in person. Yeah. And then it's just the and there's, whole like, rules, quote unquote, of like how you should talk and yeah. all this stuff. And I think it's all a lot, but it's all just like this age we're living it's in. It's such bullshit. Yeah. But. And it brings up just a lot of, like ways to question yourself. Totally, when there weren't those ways to question yourself before. It was very, it was more black and white, and there's so many more gray right. areas now. Like that that movie, he's just not that into you, and he. Oh, she's I love like, that. Movie. I got. It's like the <laughs> she's like you can get Bible. dumped by like seven <laughs> different pieces of like technology now, Se- seven exactly. different platforms. <laughs> oh god, so it's true. probably like forty now. Yeah, I don't know. it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many ways to like get in a fight with your significant other or your friends through like find my friends or like mm, snapchat yeah, it just maps keeps getting worse it's but, just awful but we'll be okay totally the end of the day. exactly <laughs> um so do you want to talk more about like your struggle with um taking xanax or anything like that because yeah, i know sure, that you I, I mean everyone. I'm also prescribed Xanax. Yeah. I know I know it can be very highly addictive. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, I guess, I mean, the first time we had a Xanax was in college. And mm-hmm. it was very – I didn't know what it really – what the, how addictive it was, what the effects were going to be. It was very – I saw – I was naive and I, I saw it very casual. Yeah. Casually. Um, I obviously really liked the feelings of it. I it was just I mean it, it just took off the edge. Right, it's amazing. Anxiety. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> right. So then I mean I really didn't abuse it in college. It was kind of just like if it was there a fun time once in a blue moon. Right. And this was my senior year too. That it was the first time that I ever that I ever took a Xanax. And 
And I had kind of always seen it as like a you hear it as like a housewife thing. Like right, house, totally. And, like before or before ne- then, I had always like people would say like, oh, like uh, the mom had to take his annex or like a like, neurotic yeah, housewife, like, a, like desperate housewife or not desperate, yeah, desperate yeah. housewives. I think it was like when I like first like learned what it what, what it was because I love that show. And when oh, um, I just finished the entire series yesterday. Oh my. Isn't it older? So old. Yeah, I had but, never seen it. Oh my it. gosh, it's so good. It's really good. Um, anyway, so, um, but yeah, so then in the real world, I kind of was like, I had more of this anxiety and I definitely started to seek Xanax out more to cope with, with just like. How bad it was, yeah. With just, with just, yeah, with anxiety and, and didn't realize how dangerous that could be. Right. And then I saw my, uh, like, I ended up seeing my doctor and, because I, obviously I, I knew there wasn't, there was something not good about having to take a pill to deal with certain Totally. Things. Yeah. So I was like, I went and saw my doctor, but at the same time, I have, no, I have no problem with being medicated for things. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that in Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw my doctor, my psychiatrist, who was able to prescribe medication and told him that I knew that this was, wasn't a good habit, et cetera, et cetera, the tolerance is bad, the or the tolerance gets really high and it's just not healthy. I knew you can you can seize things like that. Yeah. Um and so Especially if you have like addictive personality exactly. and that this and that. So yeah, and so he I mean, after a while we we I I was put on some more more mild antidepressant or, or um anti anxiety medication, sorry. And then eventually an, an extended release Xanax, yeah. which um, I take every morning, and it hits a little bit in the morning, and it hits a little bit in the afternoon, and I don't feel those those like hits like right. you would with like you would with a pill that you might abuse. So there's really no way for me to even abuse it. It's but more gradual and it's more gradual, and I felt I felt. Um, Definitely. I mean, in by no means does it fix everything ever. Yeah. But um, and I just want people out there to know that because like you shouldn't just. It's a tool. It's, it took me a very long time also to like get to the point where I was like, okay, we I need to like take this every day. Right. Um. But yeah, it's a it's a tool to use to to put things back together and work on what right. you need to work on. I'm using Xanax or I mean I'm prescribed Xanax by my doctor. The dosage I'm that I need to take right now to get and I'm working on this actively then with my therapist too to get to that healthy place in my mind where I can use tips that I'm getting from my own brain like right. not to mentalize not or to like get rid of nasty thoughts if I'm thinking them because they're just thoughts. Little tips like that to get through what otherwise I might want to take a Xanax for. Right. And and um and I need to be in that healthy spot medication wise in order to go through what it takes to learn all of this right, stuff. Right, to not need it eventually. Right, and I was resisting that for a while. I was trying to be like, you know what, I don't need medication to do this or I don't need this and it, and I finally now I'm like, you know what? I might need the medication for a little while. But there's no shame in that at, either. No, and there's no shame in it at all. And I think I was feeling shame because of there's there's a stigma. Totally. There's, a, there's just a taboo about mental health, about anxiety, about who should experience about it, about who shouldn't experience it. Um, people who don't know what it's like to go through it, like, 
those people, I I understand how frustrating it must be for them. Yeah. Because they have never gone through it. Yeah. So, like, I understand how frustrating it must be to try to understand, but it's just, like, me trying to understand, I don't know, flying to the moon from an astronaut's perspective. Like, I, right. I can't really do it. I've never— You can imagine. Done, yeah, but I you can can't imagine, it. and, like, you can't really imagine— something like anxiety when someone is saying it to you like that like they're suffering from it and you don't get why right because you think there has to be a reason and sometimes there's just not i mean the same exact thing happened to me when i was put on uh lexapro i was like i don't need this i stopped Mm -hmm. taking it and then they were like you know what you need to like it's like a band-aid you need to like heal what's going on you can't just keep in order to remove it later because you need to rebuild what was broken basically exactly so i mean i think that's just a reality some people have to face. Yeah. A lot of people have to face that. There's a community for, of people that suffer from it. You're not alone if yeah. you're feeling this way. And I've found sharing my story more than hiding it has brought a lot of other people to be – or, like, to offer support and also other people to share stories. Totally. Um I've, I mean, I'm, I think we all are seeing more and more of it, of people in the media coming forward. I commend Giselle. I commend Carson Daly. I know he's come forward about it. And other people who have come forward about, like, anxiety that they've experienced in the public eye. That And they, they kind of waited until this mental – I'm putting this in air quotes. You can't see them. But <laughs> mental health movement to share some of this stuff, I think. But I think yeah. they saw it being – as they have such – big platforms and amazing audiences, something that was really important. And I commend them for doing that because people it's, it's helped me immensely in my own space when I'm like, should I feel this way? I'm so privileged. I'm so lucky. I'm doing so many amazing things. Why do I feel this way? And then I see that they also felt this way. And it's okay to feel that way. Like Mm -hmm. you're in, you're your own person. You're entitled to Mm -hmm. your own problems. And yeah. And a lot of them are self-created, which is fine. But I'm doing that. And like, I think other people would agree someone who's, you know, able to put themselves out there, post photos of themselves, blog and do all of that. That takes like a lot of guts. And it's like, right. And I kind of just recently. realized, Yeah. Like you're opening yourself up to judgment, but like holding it together in this position. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always kind of been a person who's been obsessed with not with like fame, but with like wanting attention. Yeah, wanting attention. So I think I kind of always knew that I wanted to put myself out there in some way, right? And be some in the spotlight in yeah, some, in some sense, in some way. And I'm not going to lie to you guys that I like love that, but I think it also it almost seems like it's always a fantasy, and then when it actually happens, you're yeah. like, wait, what? And I feel bad about having anxiety when I'm in that position because it's not – I don't think it even is that that gives me anxiety because I love that part about right. about what I do. It's more just about – I don't know. I like I like want to change the world and be a good person and like struggle so hard with like how I'm going to do that. Right. And it's like at the end of the day to just like live in the moment and like maybe gradually you are changing the world in some way. Totally. I mean you're not, like it's – you it's don't have like to win a Nobel Peace yeah, Prize. Yeah. Like you can right. – just changing like one person's mood every day by like your yeah. funny stories or doing something like that like makes right. a big impact. No, and I'm and I'm slowly learning that and everyone who who doesn't – hasn't already learned that they should you should really think about how like how because I I get mad about the years that I stressed about these some of these things that I'm learning I shouldn't have been stressing about yeah because I 
but at the same time, they've taught me this lesson, gotten me to the point where I am today. So I'm grateful for them as well. It's kind of both – it's uh, two-ended in that way. But yeah. But, yeah, no, I totally put myself in a position knowingly, even though I will say we didn't know how big Instagram was going to develop. Right, in the and the micro-influencer yeah. movement thing. And, like, how micro-influencers, which is what we would be, we are considered right now with having about 1,000 followers. Um, 100,000. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 100,000. Thank you, Steph. Um, uh, I know my statistics, guys. Um, no, but we're we're in that bracket, and brands happen to be kind of, like, liking that bracket right now, um, and we're really lucky about that. But, um, but... I, we put, having a blog in general is putting yourself out there and just the way that Instagram now is is you're putting yourself out there even more because you're storying you're, which I like about it honestly yeah. I think showing like pictures are one thing but showing the personality is really important too totally because I might look like a really like totally like stuck up person in some of my pictures and I'm really not and I like I might it might also look like to everyone that everything's perfect and glitz and glam and yeah and whatever all the time and it's not and I I think our followers know that they could ever come up ever come to us with with something because I think we've expressed it on our page before but like I I always want my followers to come to me with anything like yeah. even if it doesn't have to do with fashion I want I want to be there to talk to them or whatever I mean yeah. we're nothing without them and it's just so in that way, it's kind of, yes, we put ourselves out there to do this, and I'm starting to become really grateful for it because I'm being able to be there for other people with the platform yeah. in ways that I would love to be there for myself or, like, ways that I know that someone's yeah. going through something. Like, I recently – I don't post a lot about it on my personal page or on our blog page, but I recently just posted something about it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And – on my story and so many people responded to it and I was just like oh wow like it's just interesting to see um the things you post and the things you don't post and the responses you get and the responses you do get and what they end up being about like a lot of my I mean and this is on my personal page that I'm talking about but a lot of my dms are usually not about my blog or about fashion they're about other things yeah and can and I connect with my usual my followers usually on like a personal level yeah because I I think you've opened up a lot more Mm -hmm. like through talking to people on your story and things like that which is like what what people seem to love and respond to the most on instagram anyway is like yeah i mean i can the realness of the person i can literally tell you that um people come to your instagram for a couple things but they stay for the personality totally um and and there's different things that can draw them there but the personality and the authenticity um is what will usually keep them there just a little tip yeah. uh, from you know uh, <laughs> doing this thing for almost 3 years but but yeah no back to your point totally put myself in a position to be overwhelmed and anxiety ridden by a getting rid of that like structure and creating my own which i've gotten better at too and yeah. by b putting myself in the public eye yeah. in a way where um it's just getting more and more public yeah so what are some other things you do to like trick yourself into when you're feeling like low one day mm-hmm. i know i have some tricks myself yeah. but uh besides mentalizing and everything what are some other things you do or people you talk to or things that you you do to kind of cheer yourself up when you're feeling okay overwhelmed so there's different things i do for sure so i always like to remember the thing like if you get out of bed 
or yeah, if you get out of bed and like make your bed and like do one thing, like you've done. Like everyone has bad days, as I've said. Yeah. Like you've done one thing, and I know that like, so and I think that's important to remember. And I know, and if you're and if you're like working a full time job, I know that's really hard too. And I remember. Um, sorry, I'm gonna correct myself. If you're working a nine to five desk office job. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's hard to do because you actually have to show up and be there. But I remember days when that would be hard and you have to get through that because that's your job. But just, I mean, if it's really bad being able to see that you need to take that personal day and tell your work, they will understand. And then second, just being able to get through the day. And if it's not the most productive day at work, just doing one thing is always great for me. Yeah. Um, But besides that – Definitely talking to friends who I know go through similar things. Yeah. Um, uh, which I have you um, and I have a few a few other of our close friends who definitely understand what I'm going through. Right. Um, and then um, my mom is a huge person, but it's funny because I don't think she understands as much as I would like her to because it just was a different generation and she always wants to blame herself but it's not her fault at all Mom, yeah it's not your fault <laughs> love you Kim. <laughs> yes we love you so much um but um i talked to her and then i mean i so if i mean i try i all like sense if i'm having a really bad day unless it's a panic attack to take a xanax where i would feel it instantly right but um i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i definitely smoke weed for anxiety i think that that weed has also it's like it's a another two-ended thing where like weed is proven to give people anxiety and I smoked a lot of weed in college yeah. and before that so like who knows if that led to it I don't really like to look back about what led to what anymore right we're here because you're here yeah, and, and it's happening so right so now I find weed is it while maybe it does make some par- some people paranoid and and some people more anxious. For me, I don't think I would be as attracted to it as I am if it did not calm me down and relax me. And yeah. with CBD oil becoming a bigger thing, um, I, I've i been in – I've talked to my doctor about it because he knows how much I like to smoke weed. And he's yeah. like, you know, I'm, like, I'm really starting to think that, like, you like weed because of the CBD effects more than you like it for getting stoned. And I'm like, totally. yeah, I don't like getting the munchies. Like, I don't like feeling I, I think feeling that's, tired. like, the majority of people yeah. and that's why it's become such a big – thing right now right and he because he always is like you should stop because that would help their anxiety but I'm like but it helps me when I'm anxious yeah and so CBD I've been it's ve- like as of literally a week I've been trying it more um like oil in my coffee a little bit yeah. um uh creams and I've felt a difference but I, I I don't know if it's for sure yet that but I've just felt more just everything, it kind of is like, it's not like a, Xan- a Xanax instantly, but it's like a big blanket Xanax. I would say it feels very similar right. at times. Um, in like the sense that like throughout the entire day, because like the scary thing about things like Xanax is it's like a pill and it lasts a certain amount of time and then it's gone, right? And you can tell right. when it's gone. But yeah. like when I'm, when I've, I've been just kind of experimenting with CBD throughout the day, like a drop of oil here, a drop of oil and like this drink in the middle yeah. of the day. It's more of like a long – and you don't feel – I mean, since there's so much research about it medicinally and yeah. how it can help people with anxiety. And I mean, I have 
family in Colorado where I've gone to the dispensaries and they're just going straight up for the CBD right. because of their anxiety. Yeah, and they're not going for anything besides that. It's almost now that like weeds become legal in all these places. Yeah. Shout out to Canada because it yeah. just became legal oh, like, yeah. yesterday. T- yeah, I saw that. Um, oh my gosh. But yes. it's almost like because it's so accessible now, less people are wanting to even smoke right. weed. They're it's like funny because my mom and like I put this on my story, but my mom like put the CBD like literally the smallest amount of the CBD cream on her hands yesterday because I was like just try it whatever and. She immediately was like, oh, my God, I'm high. Like, I feel so yeah. high. She's like, I'm hallucinating. And I really don't think – I think that she – there still is this attachment with CBD to weed. Well, it's like a mental like, thing I probably yeah, – like Also, probably yeah, I've heard – I mean, I've had a couple of people tell me, like, oh, I, get, I don't like CBD. I get high from it. But but people don't realize, like, there are so many do, different milligrams. Yeah. And if, if you get someone – who knows what they're doing, giving you, like, even a doctor is, like, take this amount of CBD. There's And all the different brands they have, like, you really have to do your research mm-hmm. because they have so many ways you can, it can benefit you. Like, they have bath salts now. They have honey sticks. They have yeah, literal okay. blunts that right. I found. <laughs> and, like, they have, like, vapes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At um, this place on Bowery, Mamacha. It's, okay. I have it, to go they, It's a cool place, but they, they have, like, chocolate gummies, all of these things. But... It's all controlled and, like, dependent on the person. So, like, if you seriously have, like, even if you have, like, eczema, this cream is supposed to help for it. And different things like that. I saw things that, like, help with pain. I didn't get them because that's not necessarily what I need right now. Yeah, but, but yeah, I just, I mean, it could be in my head. It could be a mental thing, too. But I, from what I've experienced so far, and I wish it, I wish I, I had, it's been longer that I've been experimenting with it. Right. I really have liked it, and it's helped me. And I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt, like, why haven't you been doing this earlier? Yeah. Because um, it has been available. I mean, more recently more so. But Yeah, it's in, like, every cafe yeah. now. But, yeah, I started using it probably last November, last September, probably. Yeah. I, I found gummies, and I was like, let me try these out before right. a flight I went on. And it ended up being super helpful and my mom took them and she suffers from anxiety so she was like wow right she was so worried about getting high too and I was like you're not gonna high just don't like eat the whole bag of gummies and then you won't feel completely like flattened and like right and you won't feel immobile right Right. no yeah and I remember you telling me when you started when you first uh were trying them and I I was kind of just like okay well I smoke weed anyway so I'm getting like those effects anyway but I do think there's a difference and there's like I mean, I I would like I really am experiment, experimenting in, in the sense where I like didn't smoke one day, uh, like I hadn't smoked yet any actual marijuana with THC, right. and I wanted to just see what the CBD would do, and it was like a completely productive day without right. the anxiety and you not feel feeling like present and clear headed, like, yeah, or like I was stoned, which like it takes me a lot to feel. So usually yeah. I wouldn't do that to for any like normal day, um, but. But definitely, like, a difference in the two. Totally. So I was wrong in assuming that because yeah. I smoked, I would feel the same, like, effects of what a CBD. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, focused product could do. I mean, I met this guy the other night who told me he used to smoke weed every single day for, like, since college, just like yeah. you and all yeah. this stuff. And he said he quit. And I was like, oh, my God, how did you quit? Like, how do you feel? He was like, I just feel much more clear-headed. And I don't know if he got into CBD, but he's just like, yeah, I just feel like I'm more present. And I think CBD is good for that because you kind of, if you do take it, even in like micro amounts or whatever it is that you would need dependent on your body and it will take trial and error and like 
trying different brands and different mm-hmm. forms of it. But you can really just see how it affects your whole day if you take it and you, you don't have like a million things going on in your head. It doesn't mean you're going to be high and like deeply thinking about things about life and becoming paranoid. Right. But you could just kind of think a thought, push it on. It's almost meditative. That's exactly how I feel about it. So – like I have in, and I know you have these too. Like intrusive thoughts, like totally overthinking. Like I could, I my thoughts in me and over him alone are like the worst thing ever. Um, mm. Thank the Lord for my dog, because um, <laughs> I can just talk emotional to him. support dog. Yeah, he is my emotional support dog, Teddy. I love you, but um, <laughs> anyway, um, I, like these intrusive thoughts, and this is something therapy already has helped me with, and I'm so happy because those can be brutal. It's the CBD I know just helps me with that so much. Like I can have a thought and it just passes away like yeah, a cloud yeah. in the sky. Whereas before I would obsess about it and then get into like all the different angles and like what th- what if this happened, what if that happened, which is so – such a waste of time. It is such a waste of time. Yeah, and you can do it about every little thing uh, in every little part of life if you really wanted to. But life is so short. And there's way bigger fish to fry, especially when you are running your own business or doing something on your own and you need to get stuff done. You can't be focusing on, like, every little thing right. or whatever, what this person thinks of you or what that person's feeling on the street that you don't know. And like, In ways, like, you have to become selfish in, in order to succeed for yourself because as much as it is important to, like – listen to feedback from others in certain cases you need to do what's best for you and that's like you that requires drowning out a lot of people's opinions because mm-hmm. they're everyone's everyone has one everyone and does. Yeah, and it's like and everyone's entitled to have that right you do need to really uh drown it out and figure out who are the people in your life that are impacting it for the better and who right. are the people that you that are bringing negativity because I think also for people who are prone to anxiety, that is a huge positivity and just totally that in your life and focusing on positive things is so important yeah. because the negatives can be so dark and, yeah. and scary for some You can really who, just like fall into this hole of yeah. thinking about all these things and like yeah. then just ripping apart your self-worth. Mm-hmm. My mom taught me a trick to just – since I was little just to – to to smile right because it like actually has been proven wow. to trick your brain into thinking <laughs> that you're happier than you are so yeah. you're just like smiling and i think that's why people just love like comedy and like right. watching funny shows totally. and to distract themselves i love to go to a funny show yeah I'm feeling good and, totally and then the, like laughing when you're like in that seat is like i don't know it's like kind of an out-of-body experience yeah because i'm just like laughing and then i'm like wait what i don't know I'm yeah like, like i was my- miserable two minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's why it's we so- like to be around like funny people yeah, and no, have funny. people who humor is so important to life and and being able to like laugh at yourself laugh at yourself and be able to to note the things that might sound funny or be funny about what you're saying or about what you're doing and be self-aware in that way is so important to me because i know that like a lot of the stuff I do is silly, and a lot of the things I stress over are stupid. But that doesn't may- mean that I'm not stressing over and th- stressing over them, and that they're not like impacting me. You know, right? What I mean? Like, I mean, but you have to like learn to laugh yeah. at yourself. Like, mm-hmm. the worst thing is a person who's not self-deprecating at all. Like, if you make a joke and they take everything so seriously, it's like I can't even talk to you right. because no, yeah, you I just know. are so intense. You take yeah. life too seriously. <laughs> it's just like you got to learn to laugh and, like, make oh, fun yeah. of yourself. No, I love to make make fun of myself yeah. above all things. Um, 
I call myself Jamae. I know, yeah. you know that. But, like, I have a lot of Jamae private school girl qualities for any of you who know um, <laughs> that series by Chris Lilly. Summer um, Heights High. Yeah. And then he did one off of one of the characters, Jamae, who's just this totally diva girl who thinks she's all that. And totally, unthought, <laughs> like, blissfully unaware of how... Yeah. How ridiculous, how she, ridiculous is. she is, but she thinks she's amazing, and it's almost like yeah. I meet people like that, and I'm like, I kind of am jealous of them sometimes, right? No, because I'm but, like, how are you? Like, I'm overly self aware to the point of like insecurity at times, and then yeah. I meet people who are like, literally hop from one relationship to another, mm-hmm. or just like literally do whatever mm-hmm. they want and think that they are God's gift to Earth, mm-hmm. and it's I I envy them in a way because I'm like oh, God if I was just so confident like that mm-hmm. then I wouldn't nothing would you wouldn't let anything bother you yeah no I completely agree but I also think that that's that can be a huge facade um, it can be totally yeah because I think that like that's why I, I do I think that like it can if be I'm getting obnoxious really deep, I think that you may even like is like a just like a total twist on how that is just a facade I mean it's a man playing a woman. Or a girl, like, in high school. And at the end of the day, it's all so fake that it's, like, funny. But she does not realize it at all. And it's – I don't know. Yeah. So, I I mean, I catch myself in these phases where I'm just like, oh, my God, like, everything's this and this and this. And it's just – It's like Michael from The Office. And what I'm stressing out about is just – yeah, it's just (laughs) silly stuff. Yeah. That Jermaine would stress out about. Um. (laughs) And it's mostly in your own head is what I've come to know. Like yeah. Kendall Jenner, actually, the other day, I'm, like, keeping up with the Kardashians, said it's all, like, a mental thing. Like, it's all in your head anxiety is. And it yeah. really, and I was, like, because I know she suffers from it, too, I guess. But, and I was, like, it really is. When Truly. I, when she said that. Yeah. Um, and that helped me, actually. Like, a lot of it <laughs> is, like, some of it, it really is. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of it can be, like, this chemical imbalance that you could be born with. It could be come out of a traumatic experience. It could come from anything. But, like... If you let it affect you so much to the point that you're going to be miserable, which happened to me, like, during the entire time I had a concussion, I was, like, literally nothing could cheer me up. I don't care what it was. Just, like, you could try to talk to me. I was totally, like, on autopilot the whole time. And I realized after seeing – after getting a therapist and kind of really taking a step back and looking at my life in, like, in a way that, like, okay, I'm halfway through my 20s. I'm looking Mm – like there are all these things I've always said I wanted to do and I've always had an excuse as to why I'm not doing them and kind of like it's weird the time we live in because I almost feel like especially us growing up together we think we're so young I mean we are young but we like you always talk about like the future as being this faraway thing when like it really is right here so you kind of have to like I was like wow I'm wasting so much time and I look back like especially for me too from college Mm -hmm. to now as like be almost being asleep for mm-hmm. that whole time, and like right. I, and then you feel guilty that you were like miserable for three years, right. and then but you shouldn't because it's all part of the journey, right? You can't regret it. And you hear so many people say that the twenties are just a really hard time for a lot of people, yeah. And college can be too, leading up to it because it is that area of on the unknown. There's so much pressure on us nowadays to be self-efficient like I yeah. like I was watching something the only day this is a really scary and interesting fact and I think everyone should know it so I'm going to say it um, loneliness is an epidemic right now in our country and it's being extremely lonely is just as dangerous as smoking 15 cigarettes a day for your physical health yeah 
and I didn't know this. And um, I mean, that doesn't really have to do with my anxiety, but I'm saying um, a doctor was speaking about loneliness and how we have such a pressure nowadays to be self-sufficient, which has created so many of us to isolate ourselves and be alone because everyone's like, oh, you should like be financially And you should be working. Yeah, you should be able to do this on your own. You should be able to do this on your own. When really, like, if you look back, everyone had family helping them. People have communities helping them. And now there's like starting to be more of these in L- or in San Francisco it is I was watching it's called The Archive uh-huh. it's like a communal based living for like adults so right. there's like 15 people in one house and it's kind of bringing back that sense of I actually think I know yeah. two people who lived there wait really they're, yeah. they're all really cool people they all like have their own like, I think my cousin's friends lived startups. there yeah and they but anyway they um, it was a really interesting concept because it's like people who thought they were introverted people just because they grew up in a certain way, like this one girl had um, had um, come from China when she was younger, so she always thought she was an introvert because she was just like cast away for, from with the language barrier and other things. But then when she didn't fit in right away, when she like moved into this house with all these other people, she was like, I don't know how it's gonna be. But like now, she's like, Oh my god, I'm like, I realize I'm super outgoing and I love to be around people. But I just kind of thought that I was this way because that's how I grew up. I think that's why bo- boarding school benefited us in 100%. a lot of ways. And like then when you get to, I love with no like, self service. Definitely, like, I love to be exactly. We ha- we were so we were isolated in a way, and, but, but like we were with so connected people. because of that. Yeah, and social media and all these technologies are supposed to connect us, but they're really creating. And the statistics show it more isolation and more loneliness because people are so busy looking at other people's lives from a distance and being like, oh, like that looks so perfect when really we should be going over to our friend's house maybe. And I have to get get better at this too. And like living in the moment, living that like experience. I mean, constantly I have to be like, remind myself because it's gotten me into trouble too. like put your phone down and like mm-hmm. focus on like where you are with your mm-hmm. friends and all of that and like because, be with other people because we as humans yeah. need that um and i mean i remember i lived in new york for a semester when i was in college and i instagram was literally i don't even think instagram hadn't even started yet but it was um snapchat was pretty prominent and everything right. and i i was um I just remember being so depressed because all of my friends were in college still. And I had some friends and mm-hmm. like the program we were doing and everything. But I felt like I was like, wow, this city being like so overpopulated, you feel so alone. Yeah, you can definitely when you don't so have alone, like right. a core family or someone yeah. there. No, I mean, 100%. thank God my family lived really close. Yeah. So I was like, come in every day because mm-hmm. I'm so lonely. <laughs> and I mean, it's true. It's like, I went to this panel recently and they talked about how um how your your health including mental health can affect your longevity, your lifespan and right. and all that. And that's why some of these other countries um like in Greece or whatever it is have these islands and mm-hmm. these people who live to be oh, yeah, those over cultures are like forever because right. they they one have no stress and two they have these core like family and yeah, like, people around them this community if basically like, if you're if like if like your toilet breaks or whatever or you're like you need milk like literally like in those communities it's like you you have a friend who's a plumber right you have a friend who will come bring milk you'll have a friend who'll come watch your kid yeah and, um if you're if you have a child or whatever and it's like not as stressful as it is now totally um, 
because we all want to be so self-efficient and I think we need to take a step back and realize like that's maybe not the reality of how we were set up as humans. Right. Um, I mean, people, especially living in New York City, they like they live to work instead of work mm -hmm. to live. And you, you like I have so many friends who are like, oh, I don't have time to date right now because I'm like, I have so many things going on. I mean, I do right. it too, but like, yeah, they're same. like, you have so many things going on. I don't have time. I have to focus on me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And then you almost like, there's a point where you're like, okay, well, I need to see if that's making me happy or if someone else being involved in my life will actually help me yeah, it's like, be happier. It for right. It's not for human like, connection at the end of the day. Right. I kind of, uh, I love going back to Great Gatsby with that because it's like he's always trying to, or he's always looking at that green light. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's the thing that ends up like, being his demise and at the end of the day it is like a human connection but and Good all metaphor. the riches yeah all, I mean I wrote an essay on this yeah. actually once but <laughs> all the riches and all the people and all the amazing things he had in his life and how he looked on the outside were so pe- people would have been like oh like no this never would happen but like at the end of the day it was like that one human connection that he really like wanted. no one really I mean, knew love, the true but, yeah, person exactly that. and like and I just I love that book and I love that kind of idea because I think so many of us and myself definitely included are like looking for that green light instead of like realizing, okay, it's like we're living in that green light right now and stop like staring at it and like looking forward towards it and stressing about it. Right. It's like you're looking through this lens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What even is it? It's true. Like even after going to this panel, they were talking about. I mean, in this concept, they were talking about, like, weight weight loss and things like that mm-hmm. or getting healthy. But they talked about having, like, a goal and how everyone talks about goals. Like, my goal is to lose, like, 20 pounds or my goal is to, like, become the CEO of this company and then whatever. But I, I kind of realized it's, like, not even a, a – ne- that's almost like a negative way to do it. You should really – it should be your purpose first mm-hmm. goal. Like, yeah. what is your purpose? Oh, 100%. Because if you put a goal on something, like, and you reach that goal, then where is it going to go gonna from go, there? There's going to be another goal. Right. Yeah. And like, if you have a purpose, like, I'm doing this goals because— Goals come naturally. Right. Like, if you want to lose if weight and you're, you have a family and, like, your purpose is because, like, hey, I want to see my grandkids grow up or— right. Or, or, or I, I want to feel better about myself in, right. in the long run or in general. I want to be healthy. I want to like – and that should come kind of – that should come with everything you do, I feel like. No, especially when it comes to like your career because I – mean, I think purpose is a huge yeah. factor to anxiety. I definitely know it is for me and I think – I mean, it's that I am or why are we here question that we're all like – that's it's so, so daunting. Many of yeah. the things that – that exist in our society are because of that question, yeah. um, including so many things that can create anxiety or or depression, like religions outcast so many people that are just trying to be who they want to be. And it's yeah. because the Bible or whatever says it is wrong, they're wrong. And uh, so many people suffer from depression, suicide rates are crazy in, that, yeah. in communities where people aren't accepted from ultimately something that is created from the reason of trying to figure out why are we here right what are we here for um, it's all like i mean meaningless I, yeah i believe in a, i believe in a higher power 100 um and 
and I but I I believe that higher power is accepting of all people and and loves everyone just as much and it's just it's I just wish we could all get to that a place where that exists whereas I I know my mental health doesn't stem from religious reasons at all but um societal pressures 100% and um and other things like that 100% and so back to kind of I brought up the whole um the whole uh, society and religion thing and the who am I question because the purpose like of wh- why we're here and what we're doing it's like so immense and a lot of times I do think that like doing something like what we're doing right now yeah. is something I would love for it to be my purpose is yeah. like helping others or knowing or like at least if one person is like okay I I, I relate I relate and I and like that made me feel better or I don't feel as alone like I and maybe I'll never know that that person felt that way, but like that makes me happy. That like that's a productive day for me if that yeah. is happening. And beautifully, I've recently, through the blog and through more exposure and through our growth, been able to reach people in that way. Yeah. And it's been so rewarding for me and filled a purpose more that the blog had never filled before. Right. And it's um, almost like you don't even know your purpose, nor do you necessarily right. have to. Right. You don't have to know it, and you don't necessarily have to have a purpose. It almost, 100%. like, comes into place. Like, you will feel the satisfaction and happiness. It's almost a contentness that you'll feel right. once you actually reach a point. Because there could be, like, these people who are like, I need to keep all these things moving in, in, in like, this upward motion in order to be happy. And it's like... I used to do that, too. I'm like, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be happy. But there are so many ways you can find happiness Mm -hmm. that you don't have to put it all on this, like, one thing. Yeah. No. And, I mean, I'm totally still on my journey um, of finding my, quote, unquote, purpose. Like you said, I shouldn't shouldn't stress as much about it as I do. But Um, you're not the only one who does it. Everyone does that. No. Yeah. And, um, and... And I'm still on my journey with everything in life. But, I mean, I'm so starting to accept that it is a journey. Yeah. And everyone's on it. And so, like, I'm kind of trying to get out of the, like, oh, poor me mentality when I do, like, feel these ways and try to use, like, be like, okay, like, I'm feeling this. This is what you can do to help with Right. Like, this use the, the hard parts about what you're going through in order to almost push yourself and benefit someone else. Yeah. Because totally. at the end of the day, like there is always someone who has a worse situation than you, even if it feels like, and I've been in this situation where I'm like, wow, I'm so blessed. But at the same time, I do not give a shit right. if someone else is going through something worse than mm-hmm. me. Cause right now I am all I care about in this moment. I mean, yeah, we're selfish beings. It's kind of yeah. wired. Um, but then, and then like it, it's a, it just tumbles into guilt and all these other mm-hmm. feelings that we discussed. But it's it is really interesting how, like, even just talking about it now, you kind of realize things about like wow. Yeah, no, I'm like, like I'm like LOLing inside right now. Yeah, my anxiety and like I completely understand if anyone else wants to like things. It's funny too because 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 it is just like a funny. I mean, when when you can step back, and it can be a really not funny thing. But when you step back and, like, look at it, it can be just, like, a funny thing that it's just, like, okay, like, like, why are you freaking out this much about all these things? But, again, I'm just going to go back to 
I do think it is a beautiful thing too and it's just something that some people it's just like a personality thing yeah it makes you who you are totally and but it's funny because people always say to me like I come off like when I say that I have anxiety or something they're like oh my god I never would have guessed that you come off totally like not that way even when I'm sharing my personality how it is on my stories and things like that and I mean I guess in that sense I'm obviously like you two are very close friends I'm able to be pretty much like when I'm having a bad day raw about it but totally I do love to people please so I'm always like if I have to and like accountability is a huge thing for me as I said at the beginning where like if there's someone who like is expecting something from me I like will usually be able to pull my like stuff together if there is anything going on like fake it till you make it yeah to get to that place and to make that person happy but I've learned through the process it is so important to say no to some things or to a lot of things yeah because it can just it's like the Band-Aid thing. Like, you can put the Band-Aid on, you can put the Band-Aid on, but then you're going to have to eventually rip it off and it's all going to be there still. Yeah. And if if trying to please everyone is part of what's causing all of this stress for you, then you got to stop trying right. to please everyone and you got to focus on who you really need to and want to please. Yeah. And because, like, not everyone is trying to please me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I've... I love to please, uh, like I love to help other people, be nice to other people, please other people. Smiling at someone or ma- or like or like doing a someone. good day, yeah. doing doing one good deed a day is actually another tip that I would have said earlier. Mm-hmm. Is something that can literally like change my mood. Totally, and I've noticed that, and I'm like, okay, well then I should be doing more volunteer work. I should be doing something that's maybe like a little bit more like, and I have the I have the availability to do that with my with my making my own schedule, like something that where I'm like I'm doing my blog that's on social media that can be such a superficial place but can also be able to be such a real platform and place too. Yeah. Um, and a really a great way to show authenticity and uniqueness and also kind of be able to accept that as like what I do and what I love to do too and then also like physically help people. Yeah. Via vo- whether it be volunteer work or I love to work with children doing something like that which I'm kind of trying to find a uh, something that I can really stick with yeah. in terms of volunteering. That you're super passionate with. Yeah, and, and that I can kind of create these, like, long-term relationships with whoever I may be helping and yeah. also the people in the organization because I just think that there's so many different ways that everyone could be helping someone, especially in New York City. Yeah. And you hear about a new one, like, every day. And I just, every time I hear about it, like, I, like, cry. I, like, literally cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful or... Like, yeah. sweet, and, like, I want to be doing that. Like, and it's whatever kind of sticks. I mean, that's, like, kind of why I started this podcast because I was, yeah. like, this is my Which way kind yeah. of of helping people. But I also – I mean, you have, like, your separate passions. Like, I love helping, like, the elderly and this yeah. and that. And, I love your relationship yeah. with your grandmother. And I actually <laughs> saw something, and it, it made me cry recently, that someone started a company in Florida called – I think it's called Papa Pal – and it's college students and elderly people who – and this relates back to loneliness because they're really affected by loneliness, right? 100%. So it's oh, my God. Elderly people who need, like, a ride to the grocery or, like, someone to, like, come pick them up or someone to just have coffee with and college students. And they're paying college students – I would have done this in college for free. But, like, oh my they're God. paying college students $20 an hour to do this and, like, go be with these people. And, like, it's – 
proven to be not just like beneficial financially for college students and obviously beneficial for the elderly, but like really beneficial to both parties forming this kind of connection of the generations. And like, I love the idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish that New York I can't even believe they pay you for that. No, they literally pay that. I would have that as my full time job. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of you because your grandmother's so funny, and I like think everything she does yeah. is hilarious. And like this man, the old the I, I, the elderly man who was speaking on it as like kind of like talking about his experience with it was so cute and so funny. Yeah, and like I mean, and they just had to sit with him and like and have a conversation with him because he was saying like everyone else ignores him, and these people actually like want to hear what I have to say. We're like the only country in the world, pretty much that completely disregards the elderly and acts as if they don't exist. Yeah. And we throw them away. And that's why it kind of brings you back to, like, what's your purpose? Because you do all these things your whole life, and then you get to this (laughs) old age and no one talks to you. It's like... It's not funny. It's not funny. It's horrible. And I think that's why... I started getting involved. I mean, my grandma's Alzheimer's, so that's sort of mm-hmm. why I started getting involved with these. I was first working with the Alzheimer's Association, now with Caring Kind and all these things. But um, even if they have Alzheimer's, and like it can be a very painful disease to have and kind of an annoying one, too, when it's like, yeah. you know, it's really tough. I actually just saw a really good movie about um, it with Blythe Danner. What's it called? It was called What They Had. Okay. She had Alzheimer's. The husband refused to kind of acknowledge it because he didn't want to let her go and couldn't really believe. Because Alzheimer's is this weird thing, not to like sidetrack, but it, it often like you don't remember any of like the present of what's going on, but mm-hmm. you kind of go back in time to like when yeah. you were little or like, like all these. Right. It's like. Very bizarre. It's almost like a Benjamin Button type of thing. Okay. But there's so much about Alzheimer's we don't know about and Mm -hmm. all of these things. And I think that's why people are getting more serious about concussions and, like, football and all of these diseases you can get of the brain because there is so much about your brain you don't know about and that goes all into mental health and everything else. But um, it's one of those things that, like, they, they do have moments of clarity when you visit these Alzheimer's patients and some are like far further along than others but they even if they repeat themselves they're so happy to tell you mm. about whatever it is it's they so want to sweet. tell you i know it and really i personally like... like i love my grandma and everything she's a handful but i love <laughs> her but i personally like meeting with people who i don't even know no i would love i would yeah. love to do this pop a pal thing. yeah i really hope it, it comes to new york because i mean and, and i would i would do it volunteer based yeah. completely and i'm sure there's something i could do here that's just like it yeah but it's I mean, they have, like, Meals on Wheels and all these things, which I've done before, but, like, every – I mean, this Sunday I'm probably going to this uh, residency. It's, like, on 80th Street, um, and you kind of sit with these Alzheimer's patients, and you do things like paint or, like, play bingo or whatever it is, and they just, like, love to have someone to talk to. I walk into my grandma's assisted living place, and it's, like – youth has walked in like let me talk to this girl like they are dying for attention right. and a and lot of them are so, it's so sad so, like yeah it could kill you literally I really hope when I'm old that I live with my friends yeah. <laughs> I know that and have people help us yeah. but like I want to like live with my friends because especially it is weird because I, that's why I, I it's so this is such a side note but it's so important to keep the relationships like with people that you grew up with, I think, because mm-hmm. not only do they know you really, really well, especially in every situation, if you can hold on to those friends who are there for you through everything, but like 
I do think about because my grandma always talks about things when she was younger and like her siblings and all these people who are not even in her life anymore as if they're like it was yesterday. Right. So it's interesting to me like what I'll remember when I'm like I don't know if I'll, I'll have Alzheimer's like I tend to be try my best to like get not have that happen to me but by you know doing all the things you're supposed to do but at some point everyone becomes like a senile old person so you kind of like things for sure right and having your friends there is so important and I think that's why it's so important to have conversations like this to help someone's mental health and whether you're old or young or a male or female or whatever no matter what your religion because it, it will help you in the long run because it is true that like if you're if you're mentally ill or you're not okay you're not getting help for it like your your life can end much quicker than oh yeah and, than it can later on and you're i mean I, I just see it as i mean if you're not aware of it it's one thing but if you are aware of it um you, like, definitely are doing it as a service to yourself, to your life, to your totally. health by not doing anything about yeah. it. Um, and obviously there are those people, too, that suffer from it that aren't aware for reasons of the fact that they literally, like, yeah. mentally can't be aware of it, right? So, like, that's a scary thing, too. And I think we're, like, we're entering a scary place where there's, like, there's so many different levels of mental health issues. right. And so many many ways ways to get him. (laughs) Right. And so many people who seem completely fine on the outside and might have something so severely wrong with them on the inside because there's so many different spectrums. And I think that's why we struggle with it as a society to talk about it because there's really no easy way out when it comes to this. And if no one talks about it and always pretends like they don't have anything wrong with them, then everyone's going to continue this like down this path of feeling really lonely and isolated and Mm -hmm. all of that. But it's weird. And I think that's why we were very privileged in going to boarding schools and being able to go to college, like even far away or going abroad. Like I know you went to London, Mm -hmm. like you're exposed to different kinds of people, different cultures, because I almost like I know everyone has their own political opinions and all of that, but at the end of the day, we're all humans and you almost can't like someone can have a belief that is totally different from you and you can hate them for that reason. But hate is just such a big thing to it's such a big burden to have on yourself to hate someone Yeah, like you really you can't you can't really like I put it into this perspective when there was all these like protests going on. and I'm just like. Okay, like people from the middle of the country in the South who haven't been exposed to like a gay person, a person of color, anything like that, I almost feel sorry for them in a way because oh, yeah. it's like they, it's not their fault. That's that's the society that no, they yeah, were bred that, into. Yeah. And there are those like specific outliers who just know there's more out there and whatever. But like when you're – it's like being taught – and having something taught and embedded into you, your life every single day since the day you were born, you oh, you can't help. Thing for sure, yeah. No, it's a scary thing. I actually um, would direct anyone who – like I've been watching some documentaries that yeah. are like exactly what you're referring to. It's actually a docu-series um, called Love and Hate Crimes. Mm-hmm. It's on Sundance Now, which is an app that I have on my Apple TV and I'm not sure if it came with it or if I – got it but mm-hmm. anyway I came I was watching this and it was it was it talks a lot about just people people who 
commit like it's it's kind of um the first trend it's the first hate crime like or person to be charged with a hate crime against a transgender person. Right, right, right. The first person to be charged for a hate crime against there's another first. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know the exact thing, but I highly recommend anyone who's interested in this topic to watch it because it was so I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. I was just like, oh, whatever. Like I like to watch documentaries about murder. And really there were murder. Yeah. yeah, there were murder. It was about murders. And then I didn't realize how deep. And it's Sundance, so I was like, okay, yeah, I should have realized how deep it was and twisted. Yeah, it was gonna make me feel at the end because it was about people who have been or grown up in these cultures and societies where hate about for a certain yeah. type of person is so prominent. So they commit these crimes of hate and when you said like hate such a heavy thing to burden one of the documentaries is about um a man who has he he has a very 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 particular um spectrum of asperger's disease mm-hmm. and he he goes he finds out that this woman at work who didn't even know he existed just to put it in perspective of how bad his mental health was mm-hmm. He thought they were in love and he found out she was married to a woman and he went into or he said that that he writes like a whole journal about it and it's all documented in the in the series but in the journal he's like talking about how much he loves her and then one day he's like my love for her has turned to hate and i will like seek revenge and like he goes on this mission almost like a video game mission yeah Yeah. to i mean and it kind of comes back to mental health because there's like one doctor who was like he has this very like he was an Asperger specialist right. and he's like he has this very very small like spectrum of it like and it will make you go into these like because really, he seems completely, of he seemed completely and... like able and capable to think for himself on the outside and he then like went into like video game mode when I'm saying literally like he was a, he like played a lot of video games yeah. and he thought he was carrying out this video game mission and he even filmed it so like it's all on film it's very disturbing right but like it's and like it a, has like a weird total... like, little in the corner like video game type time and like he's wow. on a mission yeah I have and to watch this you have to it's so good the first one's even better and it's yeah. about um, I'm not gonna give it actually yeah. what it's about away because at the end you find out something that you totally don't expect yeah um, but um but that's the thing is yeah. like this burden of hate. It's like you can easily hate someone. It's so easy to hate someone rather than just like take the time to understand. And that's the same reason why I was like so shocked when I heard I read some poll about how people said they like would never date someone who is bipolar or like all of these things. It's like you don't really understand it. So why mm-hmm. are you knocking it if you don't understand the person? And it's like you hear these stories about people like – a, a man who is like super racist spends time with someone of color and they end up being like oh, very yeah. close. And it's just like, that's the thing. Everyone's human. Mm-hmm. And there's so much hate right now, especially with social media and the political climate and all of that, that like, it's like, I've personally tried to stay out of it in the way that I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, everyone's entitled to their opinion, own opinion, but I'm, I'm not going to like take take a stance in the way that I am going to outwardly hate someone or not hate them because I don't even know them. Like we don't know these people and people just automatically like put everyone into these categories just because it's easy. Right. And I mean, I think that can relate back to your point where like if you're not exposed to something, you automatically are kind of like, 
Uh, no, I'm definitely going to stay away from a bipolar person because you've never been exposed to it, right? Or you've never been around someone who has it. And it's just kind of – and that's why there's stigma against mental health yeah. because people – I think that there's a huge thing about just, like, labeling is one of the huge issues that people didn't know how to label certain things back then. Like, like witches were crazy and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. who knows what they were, like, meant, maybe. Yeah, they had to- whatever they had. Yeah. And, and, but, so, like, now that we're able to label all these things, it, it could have created a bigger problem in terms of it. But I also, I think it's better now because we're able to see what causes some of these things yeah. in this, in, um, our society from like a mental health, like actually like doctoral yeah. standpoint, and but but like so many societies still aren't. I think we live in a bubble, still right? With it, I mean, it's a lack of education. Yeah. It's like there's so many things that drive it, and you get written off as crazy, and I'm sure yeah. in a lot of places for just like, and you don't you don't like come up with certain ways of evaluating your mental health in a lot of places, I think, because it's, there's just not access to those that information. Totally. Or to accepting that as a reality. Yeah. Um, but it's I, mean, like, I hope more people understand as yeah. we go on. I mean, it's so true. And I think everyone, I mean, everyone can feel what they want to feel, but th- there's just so much more to life than just like hating someone based on like one belief they have and like yeah, it's really sad and and I even try to take like I'm totally um I would never like like I was I talked about this a little bit in the last episode but the whole how everyone's really anti-guns or pro-guns and this and that and because of all the school shootings and everything and I and I was like you know it's interesting because it what you really should be looking at is the person who bought this gun and mm-hmm. decided to shoot up their school. That's the person with the mental health problem oh, that yeah. needed to be addressed. And like, if that was addressed and he had the help he needed, then this wouldn't be an an issue. Oh yeah. And I think that's completely, I mean the like uprising in the, these types of situations where mentally, mentally ill people are going out and doing these scary things is why we're in this this place we are yeah. with mental health now like and it's 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 sad we had to it has to be these tragedies that happen for people to be like okay we really should focus on yeah, it yeah but it's the reality too because it is such a hard thing to for our like our country to be able to to handle yeah i, I mean it's that, like get under control with like right. the suicide anthony bourdain and all of that like people were totally shocked and it's sad that it takes like someone to be completely mm-hmm. shocked by something in order to, like, get attention right. for I, it. Yeah, it's sad, but at the same time, I'm happy that it's happening because now I think it is coming to light more. Yeah. Um, it's like that thing where a town wants to put up a stop sign and or a stop light, and you can only get it if it has a certain amount of accidents. Oh, my it's like, gosh, yes. It's the weirdest concept. I that, yeah, I, like, there was, like, a crosswalk, and it was, like, there, someone wanted a crosswalk somewhere, and, yeah, yeah. It was the same thing, yeah. So bizarre. No, it's a very weird concept, but, I mean, yeah. if that's what it, I'm just, I mean... If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Yeah. And I guess it's. I'm just happy more people are talking about it. More people are coming forward. I'm happy to be someone for anyone who's listening to this to talk to about it. Um, and for people who don't understand it, just live and let live yeah. is what I would say. Um, exactly. Because everyone's on a spectrum of mental health, of whatever it else they're going through. Like everyone's on the spectrum, whether you're aware of it or not. And 
and some cases are worse than others, but mm-hmm. it's good to be like acknowledging it and aware of yourself if you feel like you're suffering from something yeah. that's out of your control. And it's normal in this t- like as you get older and you're more aware of these things and not like you know put the pressure on by school and all of that mm-hmm. and like blinded by that mm-hmm. in a way it's 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 important to like acknowledge totally. that these things exist and that you are struggling with them too because it's, it's great that you can up. really yeah it's part of growing up for sure too um but not to say that those issues go away but you cope with them differently yeah yes. i mean they can be like super great in mm-hmm. some ways like yeah. Also, hilarious things happen to you when you have anxiety. Yes, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, so many, so many funny stories. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so we're kind of running out of time here, yeah. but I think I this has been amazing. This. Yeah, we this all day with you. <laughs> I know. I seriously could sit here forever. Um, I'd love to have you back on at some point yes, too. For sure. Um, love to be back on. And yeah, Sophie's personal Instagram is at sophbix yep. on it. And you can always DM her if you guys have any Yeah, DM me. You can, I mean, you can DM me on my blog DM, too, if you have questions yeah. about anything. I am a, totally someone who loves to talk about anything and everything with anyone. And if you want to talk about mental health or something you're going through or something you can relate to or something you can't relate to or something you want to tell me, feel free to sh- uh, reach out to me. Negativity, however... Uh, not, not, Let's not keep so that to yourself. Welcome. Yeah, not so keep much Keep the welcome. trolls <laughs> at bay. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, this is Headcase. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for ne- the next episode. Can't Yay. wait. Thank Yay. you. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>